Hello and welcome to Waiting Since Last Saturday, episode 277. Is that right? 277? Yeah, 277. Mm -hmm. I'm Will Leach. You're 377. 277. Yeah, I told you the wrong number. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, good. Okay. No, that's, that's okay. I should know this number. It's not your responsibility to feed me numbers. I'm the one that says it at the beginning. I should know this. Uh, or I just erased the 100 episodes where we said something wrong. Um, Only 100. Only 100. I am uh, Will H. here, as always, with Tony Waller. It's New Year's Eve, the day after the Georgia Bulldogs won uh, in a game where I think most people, including both teams involved, eventually just lost count. I think that's probably the best record. According to uh, to the official scorebook, such as it is, the final score was 63-3. to um, it was the, uh, as much hay was made during the broadcast by my man, Joe Tess. Very glad we had Joe Tess on this game. I still I wouldn't would have liked to have seen Rob Riggle out there, but nevertheless, uh, Joe Tess was fine. Um, as he pointed out many times during the broadcast, this set the all-time record for biggest bowl game victory, defeating the last bowl game <laughs> that the Georgia Bulldogs were in. His stakes were a little higher for that one. I'm really not sure what you can say. Uh, I'll let you kind of kick us off. Uh, as we mentioned, with all the opt-outs, it was funny. I listened to Solid Verbal podcast, and they pre-taped their their preview podcast. Um, and they it was it was kind of funny to listen to their show in alternative universe because they previewed this game on like I don't know the twenty fourth, and the idea was like, well, Georgia's going to have so many opt-outs, but Florida's going to Florida State's going to have so much to play for. Turned out to be the very opposite of that, and uh, we saw the results uh, to say the very least. I think the right way of framing this is the way we framed it, and I think Will you framed it this way is where would the, this Florida State team fall in the pecking order of SEC teams this year? Um, and we might have overestimated. Um, and this this Florida State team, right? Like not, not the Florida State team throughout the year, but the one we saw on Saturday. Correct, Correct. yeah. Yeah, the, the, the team we saw last night. Um, so I, I like, I'm going to put these two, I want to put, I think you can look at this and have two things be true at the same time. First off, uh, and this is, the easiest way to look at this is that Florida State had all these opt-outs and they were just disheartened over not getting selected. Uh, that's all well and good. But also, you have to look at how well Georgia played, how well coached Georgia was, how ready for this game Georgia was, and the fact that really the only three people that didn't play all legit, you know, legit have injuries or have already entered the transfer portal. Um, I think it says a lot. Uh, it's, it might be the best coaching. Put it this way. It might be Kirby's best coaching job. It's not his best team. Maybe Kirby, Kirby's best coaching job, um, having the team ready. They could have named their score last night. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, they literally could have scored 100 if they wanted to put 100 on the board. Um, and having said all of that, the reality is Florida State came out with a really, really good game plan offensively and defensively, as you know, saw by the fact that they they drove the ball a little bit early and then held us to you know three and out in the first drive. That Georgia simply adjusted and did things that Florida State wasn't ready for. And um, obviously some of that is so many new play people playing for Florida State. But also if if yeah, uh, and maybe it's a maybe it's a jumping off point for a bigger conversation all season. If Georgia had not had um Bowers and Mims during part of the season and we're trying to get him back. Is there a possibility that the way Georgia approached the SEC championship game would have been different and would have turned out differently? I think it's an open point of conversation because the team that played last night, even even putting aside 
even incorporating Florida State's opt-outs was a team that looked like they were capable of winning the national championship against any of the four teams that will play tomorrow. And I, I don't say, I don't say, I say that unreservedly. I say that without any reservation. And the team that played last night, the Georgia team that played last night, had the played the Florida State team, even with Jordan Travis, they would still be in about 20 points. I'm convinced of that. I, I certainly think they, it wouldn't have been 63, but it wouldn't have been uh, uh, 31, 28. I'll put it that way. Absolutely. But the, I actually feel um, this whole game and the approaches of both teams to it can actually be summed up pretty well by that McConkey play, which I did text you guys uh, uh, during, because that McConkey play, I mean, like it was a hilarious play. But remember, this is supposed to be, it was supposed to be a McConkey pass, right? It's supposed to be a McConkey pass. And then he realizes that it's that, and there was the obvious penalty on Florida State. So, um, and so he realizes, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and run it. So there has to be two different things that happen there. One, you have to have a Florida State team that is just not, all the way there defensively, like you would not be able to run that touchdown back against the Florida State team without its opt-outs. There's just no way you'd be able to do that. No matter how cool, no how cool a play McConkey mm -hmm. does that, you're doing that because Florida State does that. You also would not be able to do that with almost any other wide receiver in football against any <laughs> against even against this Florida State defense. I think that's and that's and the fact that he was playing speaks to what Georgia kind of had going. That play seemed the microcosm of the game and the attitudes of the two teams and kind of how the whole thing went. It's a play where Florida State had to have all of its guys not there and not be motivated. And Georgia had to have its best players, the best healthy players, all of its healthy players there, and uh, being able and willing to pull that play off. That play was the 63-3 to of plays. <laughs> it's probably the best way, but like that, like that it three is what happens when Florida state opts out everyone and does, and is, has the gut punch of not getting in and has the, has this sad, like listen, I, 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 uh, you think about the resting face of how we watch Ryan day. And like, Oh, I hate that guy. The, the resting face of Norvell was one that only inspired pity. Uh, in this game, I don't think that it definitely did not make me <laughs> definitely not turn into a punchable face, but like that, the three points is what happens when you have what Florida State happens. The 63 points is what happens when Georgia is motivated and everybody's there. And that that led to this perfect storm of this game. And I think you're right. If Florida State plays more players or as motivated, uh, I think this game is closer than 63 three. But I still don't think it was close. I think I think it is a is a certain kind of special team uh, environment vibe, you name it. So even want to win sixty three three in this game, let alone being able to do it. Yeah, no, I think you're right about that, and it is. Um, <clears throat> so you know, in thinking about everything that you know, I I want to be careful that we don't put too much stock into bowl games uh in particular um bowl games that are against a team that is not fully uh, at full strength um but it does make you feel pretty good seeing the way um it's the same way some of the younger guys got a lot of playing time i mean we saw uh, we saw a quarter and a half of, of gunner stockton right i mean we saw jackson muschamp run for a first down um, and, and trust me, I think that's the last time we'll see Jackson Muschamp in a live game situation. But having said that, um, there are a lot of there are a lot of interesting things that we will be able to talk about in the offseason about this game that that portends a pretty good year next year. Um, but having said that, you're right that 
having this Georgia team uh, and Kirby Smart having the team so balled in that they showed up and played absolutely uh, just lights out. Because the, the reality is, we could have brought a C minus game and still won by thirty. Uh, yeah. Uh, right. I mean, I mean, we could have brought a C minus game and won thirty five to ten or something. That I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, but they didn't. They brought their A game. They played an A game. They like even when they were out. I mean, like the McConkey play is it was a beautiful encapsulation of exactly what you just said, right? You know, you're running that play because it's been in there, and you're trying to reward McConkey. I mean, he was a quarterback in high school. We we talked about that at a time or two. It's like at some point we're going to run that play. And he just went over there and wasn't even close to being there. It's like, all right, I'm going to run. And the next thing you know, he's run, you know, he's run 27 yards on the books, but 100 yards on the field for a touchdown on the corner. And that is a perfect encapsulation of everything that went down last night, both for Georgia and for Florida State. And I think it's telling, too, that, I mean, even even – with all with all these players coming back and being motivated, everybody still just played a half, right? <laughs> like, like I, I, and it was funny because, like, you know, like watching the second half, watching Stockton. By the way, looked pretty, looked good. I have to say, looked impressively mobile. I think that was actually my main takeaway from him. Right, like he made some good passes, but really, I mean, he's more mobile than Beck is. Oh no, hundred percent, and that that was his. That was a book in high school coming out yeah. of Raven County. Um, uh, if you, you you may not recall this, but they played on ESPN against Prince Avenue on um, his senior year, um, and he had uh, he he is a runner, right? He he is capable of of pulling the ball down and taking off in in the vein of um, a lot of quarterbacks we've seen. Um, you know. Uh, trying to think of a good example. I mean, I, I, we might see a very good example. That I'm not not comparing the passing game, but um, with with McCarthy at Michigan, right? He's capable of pulling the ball down and taking off. In, in a way, uh, a taller Stetson Bennett, probably with a, a little less um, moxie or whatever the word mm. you want to use. Um, but you know, it again, you yeah. I mean, look, Colin Drake threw a pass. Um, I, I'm just looking through the box score because you know we had uh, we had Scott and his family over watching the game um, with us last night, and you know there were there were times where we were talking about some of the stuff, and it was just like yeah, we didn't we didn't really wait, we we missed one. I mean, there were times when I went to fix a drink and talk to somebody in the kitchen, we'd scored another <laughs> touchdown. I mean, that, but that's how quickly we scored them, right? Um, so it's um, it's 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 pretty pretty amazing. And when you you know look, you had. Uh, Stetson's brother Luke called a pass. He called a pass from Colin Drake. Um, you know, just some of the young guys, Pierce Sperling, um, uh, Anthony Evans, uh, you know, he had a touchdown pass called from uh, Gunner. I mean, it's just really, really, really says a lot about this team that the first team came in. I mean, look, it wasn't the same stakes, but it felt so much like last year's championship game. It just did, right? It's like it, it was weird being for a second year in a row being in a game that matters to me uh, personally, um, and like having it literally be a party for for two and a half quarters. It's funny too because another interesting thing about it too is I didn't find myself watching the game. Like, listen, the we talked about how we all kind of processed the Alabama loss and how kind of there were things that were frustrating about it, but on the whole. What could you really do? They played really well. Alabama was really good. It just didn't happen for you at the end. 
and I did not watch it was it was interesting because this felt like not I didn't watch this game and get like outraged that they weren't in the playoff, even though it was very obvious watching this game that they were one of the four best teams, if not frankly still the best team to be entirely honest. Uh, you know, and I uh, I'll, I'll put it this way: if anybody if anybody looks better uh, on New Year's Day, I'd like to see it. <laughs> uh, in, in a lot of ways, but it didn't. I, I didn't find myself frustrated by. It. I think that the way the season ran, and frankly, the fact that Florida State was probably even more screwed over, I think has helped make my peace with it. It felt just like a nice, uh, like th there was just joy. You know, we we talked last year, even last year, there was there it felt, felt like joyless, joyless, joyless sometimes, and they eventually got there. This felt like the most. You know, I mean, to me, the, the the signature moment of the championships is not play, but the signature. Like when I close my eyes and think of these championship runs, I will always think of. I'll think of obviously the Kaylee Ringo interception, but I'll also think of Jordan Davis directing the band, right? Like yeah. those sort of like joyous moments, those like happy moments. I will think of Stetson throwing the oranges, right? Like there'll be like those little moments that you'll always kind kind of remember. Um, this felt like, obviously this was not a championship season, but we didn't get a lot of those like happy, joyous moments this year. It felt like that, like there was almost a collective, I mean, it's weird. Cause like, you know, the, in the opposite way, I, I found myself watching the game, watching some of those Florida state players and being like, man, this is the last college football game they'll ever play. Is this after that, like really frustrating, frustrating way of not getting in. I, and I'm, I'm empathetic to that. But also, like, it was kind of nice to have like a half where, I'm like, all right, Bullard, say goodbye, say goodbye, yeah. Bullard, like, say, like you know, say goodbye, McConkey. Like, it felt almost like a, a like a, it felt like graduation in a certain sort of way. Yeah, yeah, no, that's not unfair. Uh, I think that's probably right. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it really did feel like that second half felt like an awful lot of. Um, an awful lot of giving guys an opportunity to come out to applause. Um, and, um, you know, we'll have you, you, Scott, and I will have a chance later on this month to, to like do a feelings episode, but mm. it's not to take away from this game and think, okay, I, I, let's, let's put it this way. Had Georgia lost that game to Alabama and had not won two back-to-back -back national championships, I would be in a far different place. <laughs> yeah. Fair to say. Right, I would be because I would be I'd be absolutely livid what happened that Georgia didn't give a shot and get a shot because Georgia and I think there will be a lot of ink spilled, electronic ink spilled, and a lot of talking over over whatever the course of the next month is about this Georgia team and what would have happened had they made the playoff. Because I think they showed last night that they they look like a team that had it in them to three peat if they were given the opportunity to go compete. And and I think the College Football Playoff Committee basically looked at the SEC Championship game as a quarterfinal game um, it, because it made it really simple just to point, point your finger at it and say, well, George Palazzo on the field. Um, and, and I can live in that world. I'm, and I'm fine with living in that world. But what we saw out of Georgia last night in the Orange Bowl was um, anybody that thinks Georgia is going away uh, is probably, probably putting the play, their money in the wrong place. So uh, I'm sorry I missed the uh, the 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 party uh, over there. How was it? You just got in the crew over there. Uh, I saw I saw a great uh, selfie shot. What looked like they were having a good time. Uh, how 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 was the vibe over there? Oh, we had a great time. Uh, we were able to able to get um, able to get Wayne out here, have a little ribs, a little pork. Um, 
you know, the it, it was a it was a fun time to get to hang out. Uh, that's the first time I've gotten to sit and watch a ball game with Scott in in some time. So we're just able to have some conversations about what was going on. And, um, you know, there was a moment early where uh, Ugga was out in a black jersey. They, I saw they that. Did, was that I almost thought that wasn't actually Ugga. When I saw, I, I was. I, I assume it was. I assume it was. And then we had a brief moment of, "Oh God, we're wearing black." Um, but of course, that didn't happen. But um, that was. I've uh, never seen. Was, I, I didn't know they would bother Uga enough to put something on Uga. <laughs> I almost thought it was just like a, one of those stray random bulldogs, like like when they used to have the 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 Hussein brothers, and they'd have like fake ones just in case someone went out after one of them. I always assumed there's spare Uggas somewhere, and those are the ones they put in the jerseys. Do you think that was the actual Uga? What was the movie with Kevin Klein about that? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Dave, 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 right? There you go, there you go. Yeah, that's uh, that was that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's possible they do have backup. They have stunt uggas somewhere. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was fun. We had a great time. Sorry you couldn't make it, but certainly understand. Uh, you were able to get over to the the basketball games and watch both of those. I understand you we're trying to get to the house for the game, so trying to take time to drive out here. It was a fun season, man. It was. It was it was a lot of fun. If this is as fun, I would argue this is as we should have a feelings episode. But I, I, maybe yeah, this is. I'll posit this for the feeling episode as a theory, as a theorem for us to discuss. I would argue this is as fun and non-disappointing of a season that doesn't end in the national championship uh, as possible, and certainly more fun and less disappointing than we ever could have imagined three years ago. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I, I don't think you're wrong in that it is. And again, when we have the feelings episode, we'll flesh this out, but I am a very different mo emotional place because we did play in and win two national championships because it would be, I would be in a pretty dark place right now. If this Georgia team had played like they did in the orange bowl and had not gotten in uh, after going, after going 12 and 0 in the regular season. Yeah. But as far as the season goes, I mean, look, we kind of had a little bit of everything. We had we had close and exciting games. We were able to pull out wins um, on the road against teams that um, ended up, or you know, you know, Georgia Tech won the bowl game. Auburn didn't the third year in a row. Auburn is has a losing season, mm -hmm. uh, which I'm here for this. Uh, mm -hmm. But you know, on top of that, um, if the 2001 team was the uh, they're just out having fun playing football, or the 17 team was out playing fun having playing football the 2022 team was much more businesslike in that way at least in in my uh, estimation this team was fun right they they looked like they were out playing around having some fun and i hope that carries over to next season because this is when they're having fun this makes it a lot more fun for us uh, yeah and uh and listen uh next year as we've said many many times uh everything is different next year and listen you heard you heard them talking about this post game right the idea that there won't be like I mean, Kirby almost sounded like uh, um, perturbed. Perturbed is the wrong way to put, it, but empath certainly empathetic to Florida State of almost like this game, a game like this shouldn't happen. This is bad for college football. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that because I had a good time watching it. I might not feel the same way if I were a Florida State fan. But one way or the other, this is the last time. Like I don't know. Like it's hard to imagine ever enjoying a bowl game like this again. Because if Georgia is in a bowl game that but doesn't matter at all, it is definitely a failure of a season. Yeah, hundred percent. And and if this is like the pinstripe bowl, like I don't know how far the bowl games are going down. Like next year, the Orange Bowl will be a playoff game, right? Like all the big bowls are going to be playoff games moving forward. So a lot, or, or or and so a certain level, you know, whatever bowl game that is, 
like a 63-3 win, this is as satisfying as it can be because if, if they don't, if they're in one of the bowl game like this that don't matter, it means they didn't make the playoff, which means the season was a disaster. Not a disaster, but certainly a big disappointment. Probably at least a four, uh, probably at least uh, certainly a three loss season and probably a four loss season. Right. At the right. So yeah. So like this is. So I guess we we've had. Uh, if you're asking what is a nice thing about being a Georgia football fan, they won two national championships and then they didn't win a national championship in the most pleasant way possible. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's the way to think of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, well, we'll get the uh, feelings episode on the schedule. We'll get that down. It'll be good to good, good to get with you guys. Uh, and um, but otherwise, happy new year, man. Yeah, happy new year. Um, you know, you were asking me if I was going to make it to midnight. Of course, we all made it to midnight last year. Yes, um, we I did. I have jeans that will be out and about, so I'm likely to be up, uh, though uh, pretty much against my will. Um, but I assume y'all are going to, if you can get away with it, pull the hey, we're going to celebrate London New Year's. And yes. <laughs> what's, a, what's the trick that Netflix lets you do the countdown for your kids at like 8.30? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, guys, it's midnight. Look, it's dark. It's dark. I'm sorry. The, the larva cartoon told you to go to sleep now. So it's time to go to sleep. Kids are getting a little too old for that, unfortunately. Um, all right, uh, Tony, have a great one. Happy New Year. I've, it's been a really, really fun year. I'm excited to get, to get, get together with you guys and do our, do our feelings episode as soon as we can. Yep. Looking forward to it. Well, all right. Be safe, everyone. Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for a great year. And uh, until then, uh, go dogs. Go dogs.